0: You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today I want to minister on the deep work of the Holy Spirit. The deep work of the Holy Spirit. The work that He does on the inside of us. We so often want to live a life for Christ without the help of the Holy Spirit. Your prayer every day should start with Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh upon me and enter my soul. Touch my heart, change my heart. Help me, Lord, to do your will now and forever. Jesus came to this earth to show a more excellent way. When you read the Bible, you'll see in the Old Testament it was more God the Father operating and doing things on the earth. Then Jesus came. And we see that Jesus is here on the earth showing a more excellent way. And when Jesus returned to heaven, the Holy Spirit now is working here on the earth. So many times when people said, I saw Jesus in a vision or a dream or Jesus appeared to me. It's not actually Jesus who appeared to you. It's the Holy Spirit that appeared to you because Jesus is in heaven. Amen. But if you've seen the Father, You've seen Jesus. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's, it's, it's yourself. You, you're a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. And people know me as Bernard. Amen? But my soul and my spirit and who I am, it's, it's all the same. Amen? Amen? If you've encountered me in the spirit, you'll know, okay, that's Bernard. If you see me smiling, say, oh yeah, that's his smile. Amen? So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Holy Spirit, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, how is it that you say you know me, you've seen me, but you don't know my Father? It says we're the same. Amen? That's for some of you that's been battling with your relationship with your Father. Many can identify with Jesus, but they cannot identify with the Father. But everything that Jesus has done for you, The Father was prepared to do it, but to demonstrate His love to you, He sent His Son. Amen? So the Father loves you just as much as what Jesus loves you. Can I have one amen? (laughs) I'm gonna have to preach on daddies here. Amen. That's why the enemy wants to always attack the relationship with the fathers, because if you don't have a good relationship with your Father, Or the Father is not there, it's very difficult for you to identify with the Father in heaven. Amen? Because your Father was not there, you think, God the Father will never be there. And serving Jesus becomes a battle. But the Holy Spirit is the life of the Father on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit is the life of every believer. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you become born again, you're raised to a new level in Christ. Christ sitting next to the Father. God the Father loves you as much as he loved any of his disciples. Jesus loves you as much as he loved any of his disciples. We need the breath of the Holy Spirit, the life of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. A matter of fact, man without the breath of God is just soil, it's just dirt. You're looking at me very seriously this morning, amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, God's going to help you this morning. So you've got no idea how deep is this work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, in Genesis 1, the Bible says, when God made man, when the Lord formed man, God formed man out of the dust, out of the ground. He breathed upon him. And when he breathed upon him, he became a living being. Paul in the book of Corinthians says, he says, the first Adam became a living being, but the last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. That word breathe is the word ruach. Ruach. Breath. Breath. Ruach. Ruach Hakadesh. Holy Spirit. Ruach. One of our ushers named the son Ruach It's the breath of God. When man was just mud, dirt, and God, ruach, breathed over him his life, he became a living being. Wow, that's something to think about. The Holy Spirit breathing over you. So because of this meaning spirit or Holy Spirit, You'll find that the prophets in the Old Testament, they would always look out. These were watch words for the coming of Christ, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Anything about wind, water that refreshes fire, the breath of God, a wind. What do you do when you want to fan a flame? Suddenly it starts to burn again. Amen? Amen. So water declares refreshing. What did Peter say in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came? In Acts chapter 2, he says, These men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He says, I will pour out my Spirit on my sons and my daughters, and they'll start to prophesy. Says the young men will see visions. The older men will start to dream dreams. He says, I'm not just going to do this on men, like in the Old Testament. But I'll pour out my spirit on my sons and my daughters. Amen? Joel was talking about the day of the spirit. There's the day of the Lord. There's the day of the spirit. The day of the Lord is Jesus here on earth. Amen? But the day of the Spirit, that's what we are looking for because that will bring change. That will bring refreshing into our lives. Who of you need some refreshing in your life? Who of you need a fresh wind just to blow through your life? Joel was talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and Peter quoted him. This work of the Holy Spirit is much deeper than what we realize much deeper, what God has done. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he dealt with sin once and for all. Turn to the person next to you and say, your sin has been dealt with. Turn to the person on the other side, say, your sin has been dealt with. So the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the covenant, the promise was made with Abraham 430 years before the law. But then when Moses came, the Lord gave the law to God's people. Because they thought they could do it in their own strength. He said, do these ten things and you'll be blessed. And they said, oh, it's easy. We can do it. Ten, Only ten things. We've got it. Moses wasn't even back from the mountain. They'd broken the first one. So don't ever try and say, I can live under the law. Live under grace. Amen. When the law came, sin revived and I died. But the work that God has done... Looking for the last days, the days of refreshing, the days of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're living in those days. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 8. Because finding fault with him, he says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Old covenant, Old Testament, new covenant, New Testament. With the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant And I disregarded them, says the Lord, verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Turn to the person that you say, whether you like it or not. You are God's people. Some of you are doubting. Turn to the person on the other side and just remind them. Say, listen to me. Whether you like it or not, you are God's people. Whether you believe it or not, is up to you. Listen to me, family. Whether you like it or not, Jesus has died and Jesus is alive and he said, this is the new covenant that I've made with him. You are my people. Verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor And none his brothers, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant he has made the first obsolete, Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Turn to the person next to you say, your past is over. Tell them again, say, your past is over. Do you know what that means? Jesus is saying here, I'm not going to consult your past in determining your good future. I'm not going to consult your past in determining your good future. Many of you are sitting here and you're thinking, I've messed up. I've not messed up once. I've messed up over and over and over again. Big time. Big, big, big time mess up over and over and over. Don't raise your hand, but you know what I'm talking about. Every time you think, Jesus, how will you ever bless me? You're thinking, oh, Lord, I know why you can't bless me because all these things that I've done. Raise your hand halfway if I'm talking to the right people here. Jesus said, I've died for your sin once and for all. When you accept me, this new covenant, and you are raised into that position in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation for you. When you are in Christ, there's no condemnation. Don't think about your past, think about your good future. Come to Him and say, Give me wisdom. Wisdom, help me. That wisdom has been placed on the inside already. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Say, come and help me. Israel thought, okay, I'm just going to do these ten things, then I'm going to be blessed. Many of you are sitting here and say, okay, you know what, God, I will serve you, but I just want to sort out quickly One, two, three, four. If I get this right, I'll come and serve you. Raise your hand if I'm talking to the right people. You want to change things in your life before you want to serve God. God says, come the way that you are, and I'll help you to serve me. That's the way that Jesus works. The law was the perfect husband in that it could tell you everything that you do wrong. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But that's the old covenant married to the law that can only tell you what you are doing wrong but cannot help you to do it right. 1 John said, the law came through Moses. 1 John 16. And of his fullness, when he manifested, it was full of grace upon grace. Grace and grace. Who if you need some double grace? For the law was given through Moses. Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the manifestation of grace. When you make a mistake, he says, come next to me, walk next to me, and I'm going to show you how to do it. He's not going to say, you've done it wrong. You've done it. He shows you a more excellent way. You don't improve a situation by criticizing it. You show the more excellent way. If you think everybody is doing something wrong, Zip it and show them the more excellent way. No, I have to show the more excellent way. Don't point out the whole time what people are doing wrong. Turn to the person next. To you and say, "I need the help of the Holy Spirit." God, when He appeared to Abraham, He didn't ask him to do anything. He said, I want you to believe. You might look at your situation and think it's impossible. That's where Abraham found himself. His body was dead. His wife's body was dead, is what the Bible says, dead. And God said, I'm going to give you a son. That which I promised you, I'm going to manifest it now. God, how? I'm dead. My wife's dead. Nothing's working. I want you to believe. I want you to believe That resurrection power can change things. The Bible teaches in the New Testament when he had to sacrifice his son, he said, I'm counting him faithful that even if my son's going to die, God is able to raise him from the dead. Ruach. The breath of God that comes into a situation and starts to change it. Family, there's no successful living for a Christian without the help of the Holy Spirit without allowing the Holy Spirit into your life. The mistake that we make is we think, I've got it. Let me get this right, Lord. Then I'll allow you into my life. God says, the way that you are, just come to me. If you are a Christian, if you born from above, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. The first thing that he's going to do is he's going to generate, regenerate, your spirit on the inside so that you're born from above. Then he starts to dwell on the inside of you. He seals you off as a believer. The Bible says that's the seal. The Holy Spirit is the seal. The fact that you have the Holy Spirit is that engagement ring that says, you're ready for your husband, Jesus Christ, to come when you have the Holy Spirit. He comes through the Holy Spirit and he adopts us, makes us part of his family. Then he fills the believer with the Holy Spirit. He empowers you. He helps you to understand the scripture. He's the author of all scripture. He helps you to interpret scripture. He guides you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of 1 Peter, this holy book, holy men were moved by the Holy Spirit. Then they started writing Holy Scripture. Holy men moved by the Holy Spirit started writing Holy Scriptures. They understood they cannot write anything without the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You have that anointing as a believer on the inside. The Bible says he anoints us. 1 John one twenty seven. the Amplified Just put it up there. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction. Have you ever had an unction of the Holy Spirit? Turn to the person next to you and say, listen to that unction. That unction is the thing that oftentimes clears ways for us. Makes your way successful in the future. Unctions that you have right now, things that you are doing right now. You should pray and ask Holy Spirit, The seeds that I should plant in the future. Things that I should do in the future. What is it that I should do now? Listen to that unction. People that you should build relationship with. Friendships. Listen to the unction what church God wants you to be planted in. Because those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. There's a thing in the church right now where People are running from conference to conference, prophet to prophet, word to word. Get planted. Let God show you where you should be planted and be planted there so that you can flourish. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction on the inside, which you received from him abides, Permanently in you so that you have no need that anyone should instruct you. But just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true and is no falsehood. So you must abide in, live in, never depart from him. Being rooted in him, knit to him just as his anointing has taught you to do. God's presence leading you, teaching you. Turn to the person next to you, say, listen to that unction. You know what this Bible teaches us? When you've accepted Christ, whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. Turn to the person next to you, say whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. You have the anointing on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. You'll have that unction on the inside. Can I tell you something? If you're honest and you listen to that unction, when you've been rude to somebody, the Holy Spirit will give you an unction. That was nasty. Sis, man, go say sorry. Am I talking to the right people here? No, they deserve it. No, no, no. Listen to the unction. Don't overrule the unction. Say, you know, I'm very sorry. I've just, whatever happened, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. That was unnecessary to make that comment. Hello? Am I talking to the right people here? Allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want the fire. We want the breakthrough. We want the thunder. We want the lightning. The sons of Zebedee, should we call down lightning and just sort out? Start to listen to that unction on the inside. Jesus gave the promise, and he said, you'll receive Acts 1 verse 8, we know it so, so very well, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you know what that Holy Spirit come upon you actually means? It's the Jesus that's next to you that wants to lead you and guide you. Not the law condemning you, that like Jesus comes next to you and say, let me show you. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll send you another comforter, another helper. What I was doing, he was gonna, he's going to do. He's going to come next to you and show you the more excellent way. Listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Learn his ways. Sometimes it will just be teenagers. Mom, make me an extra sandwich today. Why? I don't know. I've just got an unction. Take an extra sandwich. Are you on a growth spree? No, Mom, I'm fine. I need to take a sandwich for somebody. Maybe you get there, and somebody is just sitting down, they're hungry, they've not been able to eat the whole weekend, and you can be the one. I just want to share my sandwich with you. I just want to show some love. And you bless that person. When somebody is down, that unction, smile. There's some people at work or certain places where you have to go, they are always nasty and angry and frowning at you. You know, some people are professional frowners. When you walk towards them, you're like, What's going on here? Listen to that unction. Maybe it's just to smile and say, it's so good to see you. Give them a compliment. Listen to the unction. Amen? If you want your business better, listen to the unction on the inside. Your marriage better, listen to the unction. Amen? Listen to what God is saying. You don't even have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just tell your wife every day she's beautiful. But if you forget, the Holy Spirit will give you an unction. Just remind her you're beautiful, my wife. You're gorgeous. You're amazing. I love you. It's great to have a good wife in your life. Amen. Praying for you, helping you concerning the Holy Spirit. Before I met my wife, one of the things God told me about my wife was that, I, she would teach me about the anointing, and I would teach her about the anointing. I would teach her about God's presence, and she, and she's got revelation that I don't have, and I've got the, and we can share that, so that we can love God even more. Amen. In my book, Courageous Faith, I mentioned that faith is not for the possible; it's for the impossible. Faith is not for the possible; it's for the impossible. Do you see the beautiful thing? That's why I'm going to sit on the chair when they interview me. There's the book. Don't take the book. Don't read it before the time. Wait. Amen. Through faith and patience, they got to the right time to read the book. Amen. Why am I saying this? Faith is not for the possible. It's for the impossible. The angel appeared to Mary in Luke 1 verse 35 and said to him, You are going to have a child. It's impossible. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. Says the Holy Spirit will come upon you, not force Himself, come next to you, next to you, lead you, and that fruitfulness, that Ruach, the life of God on the inside of you, will give forth the Christ. You'll give the child, but God will give His Son. Amen. What did she do? She said, let it be according to your word sometimes when God asks something of you and you know it's that unction, it's that prompting and it seems impossible from a natural point of view, don't start to reason and say it's impossible I've never been with a man and no, get away from me devil, no when you know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, let it be according to your word you know When God called me and he showed me, he said, you're going to preach to people. He showed me smaller groups and what would happen in the future. At that stage, when God spoke to me, I had one speech from grade 8 to grade 12. (laughs) I didn't like talking in front of people. I don't want to talk in front of people. That was my last thing on my list, what I wanted to do. But I thank God for the grace when he said, I've called you. I said, let it be according to your word. And I just started taking that first step, listening to that unction. The first time somebody invited me to speak in a small group, in a connect group, I fasted for two weeks. Some of you take your notes Two hours or 20 minutes before you walk in and you say, okay, I've got this, Holy Spirit help me, and you go in. I was not there, prepared for a month, fasted for two weeks, just to go share one message. We need the help of the Holy Spirit, amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. I'm almost done. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, saying the time is here. The day of Pentecost has fully come. I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit. The promise that was made to Abraham. Galatians 3 verse 14. The Holy Spirit, the Gentiles, us, can receive the Holy Spirit. He says, this is the fulfillment of that. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why is this so important? Because the only people that could understand the gospel at that stage was Hebrew people. They were the only ones who understood the gospel, reading the Torah. But now, everyone, every language could understand the gospel. Being preached to them can be born again. There's a Savior that died for you. He wants to make your spirit alive alive. The thing that God values most about you is beyond human comprehension. It's not what you can see with your eyes. But in your heart, you are made to be like God. And the Holy Spirit wants to fill that void. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The book of Corinthians says you've been baptized into one spirit. One spirit. So that we can be one body. Amen. Amen. I'm not even going to go there, but the the Tower of Babel, they were given different languages. Now in the Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, given one language in the Spirit. When somebody prays in the Spirit, you can say, oh, that person is born again. He's received the heavenly language. God does not need anything from us, but He's given us everything. Amen. Abraham just had to believe. It was accounted to him That's righteousness. Then after he had believed, he could put action to it. Amen. You know, in the New Testament, the word for Holy Spirit is pneuma. Guess what's the meaning of pneuma? It means breath or the movement of air. God wants to breathe upon us. What did Jesus do with his disciples when he met up with them? In John chapter 20 verse 21, Jesus said to them, again, peace to all of you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Then he breathed upon them. Says, receive the Holy Spirit. So I believe what happened there is that they got born again. There's two experiences that you need as a born-again believer. Number one, when you are made born again, remember Jesus was raised from the dead and he could breathe his breath, that wind upon them, his light and life for them to be born again. But then he said to them, wait in Jerusalem for you will receive power. The difference is Me taking this glass, receiving the Holy Spirit is easier. I just have to do this. It's drinking water. That's how easy it is to get born again. You just believe. But what we're talking about, the second experience, is not me drinking the water. It's me jumping into a pool and getting soaked in the presence of God. Amen? Sometimes we live on the fumes of faith. God wants us to be soaked in his presence. Can I ask you this question? Many of you have accepted Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. But does the Holy Spirit have you? You've accepted him. Jesus, just saved me. I don't want to go to hell. Help me. you accepted him. But has God got every part of your being? Many have the Spirit, but does the Spirit have you? Do you have some areas in your life that is dry? Do you have some areas in your life that needs to be resurrected? Will you need some Holy Ghost power in your life? Do you know what's so amazing? In the book of Ezekiel 37, we all know that. When God came to Ezekiel, He said, Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? Can these dead bones live? He said, Lord, only you know. Sometimes when we face a situation, we want to be over spiritual. Sometimes when you look at your situation, it looks dead. It looks like dead bones. There's not even flesh around it, it's dead. By faith, everything is going to be fine. No, just say, God, only you know. Tell me what to do in that situation. What did God say? Ezekiel what did he say to Ezekiel go to Ezekiel 37 verse 9 I love this he said to Ezekiel let me tell you how you're going to change the situation start to prophesy to the breath start to prophesy to the breath family listen to me whatever situation you are facing the breath of God That life of Jesus, that resurrection power, breathing over that situation will bring new life into that situation. If you feel too weak in that situation, get somebody with the breath of God on the inside of them. And say, just agree with me. Can we just pray for this situation? The wind comes from four different corners. Am I right? Can I have a few more minutes? John chapter three, the whole thing about being born again, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. Why? Because he's under tremendous pressure. He's the teacher of the Jews, he's seeing the Numa or the Ruach Hakadesh working in Jesus' life, but Jesus has just been teaching for a short while, whereas he's been teaching his whole life for 30 years. He comes to him at night and he says, listen here, how is this possible? He says, you must be born again. He says, what do you mean I must be born again? He says, do not marvel at the fact that I tell you you must be born again. He says, the wind blows where it wants to. He's telling him. He says, remember what the prophet said. When they start talking about the wind, when they start talking about ruach, nūma, this is what it's all about. Being born again. Allowing that breath of God into your life. Moses Shed the law, but what does the Bible say? The Bible says Moses met with God face to face. God has made a way for us into the Holy of Holies to meet with Him face to face. Let me give you another version. When you meet with the one that you love, you are meeting breath to breath. Some of you that are heavy laden, That are tired. What did Jesus say? He says, come back to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just come into my presence that I just breathe on you again. Just fall in love with me. Return to your first love so that we can be close again, so that I can breathe on you, that you can experience my breath and my life in your life. This is the promise of God to every believer. To come to Jesus is easy. Just take that sip. But then you get to a place where he says, I want to soak you. I want to empower you so that every part of your being will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just seeing his works, but learning his ways. For the Holy Spirit to manifest his fruits into your life. Get somebody to agree with you. Whatever situation you're facing, that's dry. Can these dead bones live? Lord, you know. God knows your situation. Start to declare God's light and life. Whatever in your life that's been dried up, just turn to God. Moses that met with God face to face, what happened? When he spoke to the people, they could see God's glory had to cover his face. Let's just go there. Last scripture. Forgive me. I'm helping you. 2 Corinthians 3, just go there quickly. Let me show you. Turn to the person, next sure you say so your past is over. Say so you're part of a new covenant, a better covenant. Paul said, Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians 3, he says, not that we are sufficient or that our sufficiency comes from ourselves, but our sufficiency comes from God who's made us ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Then he says, this glory that was there. In the Old Testament, when, when they met, there was a certain degree of glory. He says that is all going to f- go away. And there will be a new glory that will start to manifest. The glory that is in the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Um, I'm not going to read it. Let me just quote it for you. It says, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So what is he saying? He says, turn back to God that you can have his breath upon you. It says, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And where the spirit of the Lord, the pneuma is, where that is, the pneuma, the breath of God, there's liberty. There's no condemnation. It says, we all are being transformed, are being changed. How do we do that? With an unveiled face. Take off your mask, just be real, and come to God. It says, beholding as into a mirror the word of God, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, from the glory of the old covenant into the new glory of the Holy Spirit. The new covenant, better promises. Well, I'm not going to remember your wrongdoings. I'm not going to remember your sins, your unrighteousness. Just as by the Ruach HaKadosh. Numa, the Holy Spirit, that breath. You want your life to change. Allow the breath of God. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in you and through you. He came as the helper to help you. When you make a mistake, don't run from God. Run to God. Foolish people run away from God when they make a mistake. Wise people run to God and say, help me. Come and just breathe Upon me, I accept what the blood of Jesus has done for me, allowing me to enter into the holy of holies, where God's presence is, and that's where we change from glory to glory. See a lot. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.